Welcome to Dial It In, a podcast where we talk with interesting people about the process improvements and tricks they use to grow their businesses. I'm Dave Meyer, president of BusyWeb, and every week, Trig Olson and I are bringing you interviews on how the best in their fields are dialing it in for their organizations. You know, uh, Dave, one of the things that really annoys me is when things are named things they aren't. Yes. You know, like in college, when you... you you saw the program for women's studies. That's not what that class is. Not at all. Correct. No. And here in Minnesota, there's a there's a community college called Normandale College that's on France mm-hmm. Avenue, right next to Normandale Boulevard. I've never understood that. Yeah, you, I, I didn't even think of that, but you're right. I have found out recently as I get older and uh, I have uh, grown into the sandwich generation, mm-hmm. that has really nothing to do with my lunch order. Yes, yes, it's we're and be, being in our forties, I shouldn't I shouldn't give away too much of the farm because I know I sound very youthful on the radio, but right. yeah. um, it's it's definitely something that we're all struggling with, and I think the entire community or you know just kind of America in general is really struggling to find help for folks that are looking to help their parents as well as get on with their own lives. So one of the things I find, you know, we're recording this in the first part of 2023. It is mm-hmm. becoming increasingly hard to raise parents today in this day and age. So, amen. Yeah. So, uh, I, our, our guest today is, uh, is going to help us out a little. Tom Peterson is the owner of uh, twin city underwriters, which is a Medicare insurance broker and provider here in the Twin Cities. He's a longtime friend, longtime client of ours, but I wanted to spend some time actually, because I, as I've been Googling some of these things, I found a lot of the work that we did at BusyWeb. So I wanted to, I thought this would be helpful to bring uh, Tom on and have him talk about Medicare. So thanks, Tom, for joining us. No problem. My privilege. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Twin City Underwriters before, just for level setting. Sure. So my father started the agency in 1968 as a health insurance agency for farmers. Uh, We had at one point about a third of the dairy farmers in the state of Minnesota, and he had nine agents. And then after they sold them all health insurance, he went back and they sold them disability insurance. And then they went back and sold them all life insurance. And uh, that was how the business was run. Um, it was uh, located in St. Paul, but really we didn't have much local presence. Then in, uh, over time, that became less and less a factor because of the um, consolidation of the dairy industry. So people would go from having 10 cows to 100 cows. And uh, eventually uh, things changed. And so my wife and I bought the agency from my father. My wife ran it from 93 to 99. And during that period, I started handling the Medicare appointments. I had a different career, but I've been licensed since 1980. And I like selling Medicare. I just like being around people when we're at that point in life where they're making a change. They're making a decision. You know, when you turn 65 Mm -hmm. or if you retire a little later, it's a very interesting time to be around people. I like to be around people during that moment. And I told my wife I wanted to do that. So then um, I took over as the president in about 2000, but I've been writing since the mid late nineties, the Medicare. Wow. Yeah. And we became very Medicare focused when we, when I, we took it over, it was life insurance and health. And I thought, no, I really want to help people make decisions. 
And by the way, everybody loves to see their Medicare agent. Not anybody likes to see their life insurance agent. So that was a a component of all this. Mm -hmm. And um, we've just grown and we're a little different in that my employees, nobody's commission oriented here. This is a salary shop. So, and they're also commission blind. So what that means is um, our people are driven only to do what's best for the consumer. We -hmm. represent virtually every product in the market. And uh, when they see somebody, their whole focus is to try to make their life better, which makes it a lot easier to hire people, by the way. When you tell somebody in the interview process that there's no sales goals, and by the way, all we want you to do is to make sure people are you know, able to f- buy the insurance they need, mm-hmm. um, that, that's, that really changes what kind of salesperson you get. You get empathetic people who are very caring as opposed to, I'm in it for the money. Right. It's, it's just it's it's just really been a good thing. So that's what we do, and we we have a lot of fun doing it. There's about typically around 20 employees, including me, and we have a lot of fun with it. Amazing. Well, thanks, Tom. That's that's hugely helpful. And you you mentioned a keyword a couple of times that I want to hone in on because I think this is something that not a lot of people, certainly that are starting in the process, understand. What exactly is Medicare? And why is that such a big decision for seniors? So Medicare has been around since about 1963. Harry Truman was the first person on Medicare. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is it's a government health care. It's, it's universal health care for people over 65 who've worked 10 years as an adult or whose spouse has, actually. Okay. And what part, it's important because it provides a essentially subsidized health insurance for seniors. And it's for seniors and people who are afflicted with, who are disabled to a certain level or have certain diseases like ALS or kidney disease. And the part A portion, you know, people want to know what A, B and A A and B are. A Mm -hmm. is paid for by working 10 years as an adult. So like, let's say you get a full-time job, it's 40 quarters. Um, You work 10 years, you've paid for the part A. So there's no additional premium due. And then part B starts when you turn 65 or when you turn on your Medicare part B, because some people work till they're 70, for example. Mm -hmm. And then there's a premium for that that varies year by year. And also it's adjusted by your income. So right now I believe it's Mm -hmm. 148.50, but if you make a half a million a year, you're going to be paying 500 a month. And so is your wife or your husband. Okay. And so is that my, my, I have family that has Alzheimer's and are now um, terming towards um, hospice care. And I believe Medicare stepped up in a big way to help them with a number of things. Is that is that on that? Yes, correct? it is. And it's in all the plans, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you see the marketing on TV from the various companies, Blue Cross, United Health, Health Partners, mm-hmm. they're essentially, if you're in the metro area here, talking about their Advantage plans. And Advantage plans all have the hospice coverage very well. Okay. Typically, mm-hmm. there's no co-pay at all. And um, it's, it's, a really, it's a really neat thing. The, the typically, you have to use a Medicare provider for hospice, which means okay. Medicare has certified them. And some of the plans have networks that are very large for mm-hmm. which hospice program you can use, and some are more narrow. But the hospice benefit's really important. And that hospice benefit's changed over the years. Because, you know, you might remember 15 years ago, you didn't get on hospice unless you were going to die in 90 days. And now they're like, ah, maybe two years. <laughs> it's just a whole. Yeah. And that's part of healthcare in general has just changed so radically since I started doing this. 
my grandmother was on hospice for, I think, close to eight months before she passed. Uh, she was a week short of 102. Oh, my. And I can remember she'd call and uh, she had a uh, nurse who was uh, uh, trans who, so she was a very large person, about six foot two, very, very muscular. And so she would come give my grandmother a foot rub every night for about 45 minutes. And you'd call grandma to see how she was today. She'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Got to go, click. And she was like, <laughs> at 101 and three quarters. Ah, I'm sorry, I have people over. You know, I, I have said this for 40 years. I aspire to be a good enough person to be a hospice provider. You know, when you've met these hospice providers who've done it for more than a year, I mean, the first year, who knows? Mm -hmm. When you meet somebody who's been doing this for a few years, the grace of that person is just amazing. Um, I've met them over the years, and I can't believe how cool they are. They're just a, they're a different level of cool. Yeah, and they, and they truly love it. I mean, my, one of my aunts is a hospice care, hospice care nurse, and it's it's just unbelievable. But yeah, one, they, of, one of the things that we started, so on Medicare is a choice, and then how does Twin City Underwriters help in that process? So, you know, you have this original Medicare, which is part A and part B, mm-hmm. and then what part C is is Advantage plans. And so that's when you're assigning your Medicare benefits to an insurance company to um, – provide the benefits. And often there's no premium. So like if you got Blue Cross as a plan, and well, actually all the local plants have zero premium plans. And that doesn't mean there's not a cost. It just means Medicare is paying the premium to them. Now, sometimes you have an advantage plan with an additional premium, but a lot of people go with these zero premium products. So that's one Mm -hmm. type of Medicare plan. Another type would be a cost plan, which they no longer offer in the metro area, but they do in outstate Minnesota and outstate Iowa and the Dakotas. And that's sort of halfway between original Medicare and an Advantage plan. And then there's Medicare Mm -hmm. supplements, which is you have A and B, and then it just pays the benefits in addition to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things I have to make sure I get in here right away is what is Part D, as in David? And that, so you have A is um, for hospitals, Mm -hmm. B is for doctors, C is when you have an Advantage plan, so it's combined, and D is for drugs. And sometimes the Advantage plans have them embedded and sometimes they don't. But the drug plans, um, that that's a huge deal. But when I started, the only drug benefit I could get was Blue Cross would pay half of any drug your doctor provided, you know, said. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was it. I mean, literally, you know, 50%, although drugs were a lot less expensive. And I can tell you right now, 90% of the clients took them even if they didn't take drugs because you couldn't get it later. I mean, it was underwritten. And so they, everybody got it and it was cheap, I, I, you know, and then they have the, now they have the part D plans and there's more restrictions on what drugs you can get. And that's a big part of what we do because each plan covers different drugs in different ways. But that part D, that's such a crucial thing because now they're treating, mm-hmm. well, they're treating most psychological problems with drugs, but also the health right. problems, mm-hmm. you know, if you have uh, diabetes and such. And that's a big, a big part of what we do is to make sure that the drug plan fits the client so that they can afford their medication because there's nothing worse than not being able to afford the medication that gives you that great lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. like Advair is a miracle drug. You can run around um, Disney World for the whole day or otherwise you can't even do half a staircase. Right. It's a life goal of mine to live in a drug commercial because everyone seems so happy and, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and positive and like they don't need a wallet or anything like that. Right. right. 
how what's the what how do, how does somebody enroll in Medicare? So if you're collecting social security, you know, like let's say you turn 62 or 63 and you want to start your social security, it automatically they'll send you a letter 90 days before you turn 65 that has your card in it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people wait till they're 66 and a half or, or so so that they get that complete Medicare or even wait till 70 to start it if they've been able to sock away enough money or they're still working. And then you have to call or go online to start your Medicare A and B. Um, if, if they'll assume that you want both, so you have to talk to them about it or communicate with them clearly when you do this, Mm -hmm. but there are some rules. So sometimes you don't want to start your Medicare because it's, you know, that part B that's a premium. And if your household income Mm -hmm. is over, I want to say it's 187.50 right now, 187,500 this year. Um, you start getting penalties. And like I said, up to when, you, when you're making like a half a million a year, it's a pretty big penalty. So mm-hmm. a lot of people, particularly people with, I don't know where median income is anymore. I mean, it all seems so abstract. But if you're right. making two, 300000 a year, you do not want to start your Part B until you absolutely need it. Okay. But there's penalties to go if you don't have it when you're supposed to. So if you have a group plan then there's no penalty for part B, but you do mm-hmm. have to pay for it. There's, this is where we're starting to get the details. So when people say they want to work past 65, we often say, well, why don't you come in and we'll give you the rules so you don't accidentally get penalized for the part D as in David right. or the part B as in boy, because there uh-huh. is penalties and they're significant. Uh, one of the things that I know that we do with Twin City, t- Twin City Underwriters is we help to promote events for you, mm-hmm. which I know are crucial in setting up and letting people make those right decisions. So how, what, what goes into the events? Like when, when we get people to those events, what do, they, what do they see? What do they experience? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for doing this. Uh, our event attendance is roughly four times what the carriers are getting in the other wow. agencies. So we're doing real well on our event attendance. Great. And I think you're doing a good job, you. And then Sarah Rose is my marketing manager. I, I You got to give credit where it's due. Um, but what happens at those is we, first of all, talk about what A, B, C, and D are. And then we talk about how to enroll and then if you're not going to do it right away, what you have to make sure you do so you don't have these penalties. Um, and the rules change over time. So like when I started doing this, getting physical therapy was hard. Seeing a chiropractor was impossible. And mm-hmm. they had so many gatekeepers for psychological surgeries in the 90s that they might as well said they didn't have it. And now these things are so much easier to get. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no barriers to physical therapy. There's no barriers to chiropractors if they're in that you know there's just it's just a lot easier but this um these penalties change too but essentially you you can't have a gap and on the drug side your coverage has to be good enough after you turn 65 so we talk about that in these events and then we'll talk about the various types of plans there's the med subs that are in addition to your medicare there's the medicare advantage which is sort of instead of and there's the cost plans that are a combination if we're in an area where they offer them. And you should know in Minnesota here at one point, it was about 80% cost plans for people who had plans, but the uh, federal government decided high population areas couldn't have them anymore. Um, <clears throat> I, I want to roll this back because I think that there's two, there's two things that I think are really interesting and, and, that we've brought to light. One of which 
from a, a buyer's perspective, this all seems entirely frightening that I have to sit with somebody and explain all of my medical issues, and all of my medical concerns and talk about all the things that uh, are, are afflicting me. Um, what is that? What is that like for people to have to sit with your folks and, and, and go through that? Well, first of all, we have offices. We don't do home appointments. And I think that's the idea of having somebody you've never met come to your house to me just sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So like when we have somebody work on our house, it's not my wife who's there, it's me. And I'm a big guy. I'm I'm six three, I weigh two hundred mm-hmm. pounds, and mm-hmm. if you ever meet me, you'll say, Yeah, he's a nice guy, but uh hmm. so <laughs> I don't like the idea of these home appointments. And then we rep everything. And the clients know that when they come in. So virtually every product out there, and we use suitability tools to help them. We try to educate them in how to make a decision. So what we do is our our kind of credo is helping people make good decisions and then staying in touch because your needs change and the plans change. And the plans change thing is really important to realize that that drug plan that worked for you this year might not work for you next year. Um, and if you have a complex medication situation, it's really key to come in. I mean, last year I had a client come in and he's sitting with me and I still see clients. I, I, I do that. And I've got this group of old clients I've been working with for a long time. And one came in and you tell them I love the drug plan last year, but I, I don't think I want to change it. But Doris or whatever her first name was wants to come in because she, she just wants to come in. Well, it turns out his drug plan no longer covered the plan, the drugs he took. <laughs> and so we had to change his drug plan. And it was all good because we got it in. You know, In the fall, you can make a change. So one of the most important things for people to know is when can you make a change to your plan? When you turn 65, you buy a plan, usually 30 to 45 days prior. But every fall between October 15th and December 7th, there's what's called the AEP, that's why all the TV has all those advertisements on it. And uh-huh, your mailbox yeah. is filled. And we can change your plan during that period, and they have to take you. And uh, something your um, listeners might want to know is that even if you don't have a plan in the middle of the year, but you want to talk to somebody about it, we don't charge anything. We don't have any expectation of something. But if somebody came in, let's say they're 67, they've been on Medicare A and B, but they never had a plan. If they come in, we can talk to them about what would be available in the fall as opposed to being there when it's crazy the first time. And so we see a lot of people in the off-season, which is – we call it rest of year, Roy, um, (laughs) just because they're a little embarrassed. They didn't get a plan when their friends did, and all of a sudden they're taking meds, and they're wondering, how how is this – all work out. And sometimes Mm -hmm. people are under circumstances where you can buy a plan immediately. And uh, this year, there's a way to get a plan in the middle of the year. Even you don't have to wait till AEP. So if you don't have a plan this year, we can sign you up if you're in the metro area and most of Minnesota. Is that usually around some sort of cool about um, the the commission structure that you get and why Mm -hmm. it's at the forefront? Uh, Because if I'm having to come in and talk to somebody who's demonstrably younger than I am, I'm my my hackles are going to be up immediately and then i'm going to have to talk about all these things that are affecting Mm -hmm. me and i think there's there's a natural judgment to be had there and so i think what's admirable about tcu twin city underwriters is that you've created this this business case model where you're allowing your people to be empathetic which then i think translates into more sales well well yeah so our big thing here is um my personal credo is the check's got to clear um (laughs) 
Yeah, and what I do for a living can't be just about money. I, I made my pile a long time ago. And the third thing has to be, it's got to be a sweet gig. And what I mean is it's got to be a job where you go to and you love the work. And by having empathetic people, helping people make these decisions, you get to work with some of the nicest people you've ever met. I mean, I, I, I really, I made a career change when I came here and I really wanted to be in a situation where I work with people who loved what they did and had choices, I think. And that whole concept of helping people through this. And that is why we do it. Do you think you'd be as successful if you uh, paid people based on their sales volume? Yeah. I, well, for one thing, I have 1099s who are non-branded and my internal people outperform them night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's Part of it is, is they know they can refer all their friends here and we won't even sell you if you're already on the right thing. I mean, this is just, you know, it's just, the, the sales meetings are essentially updates on how the products, you know, things we found out about the products. Because every sure. fall they come out with the new products about two weeks before we start selling them. So it's a just very fast rate of learning between September 15th and October 1st when we first start talking about them. What is the open enrollment period? So January 1st through the end of March, it's the OEP, mm-hmm. and we can't market it. So this is. But we can change any advantage plan Mm -hmm. um, from one to another, essentially, during that period. And the idea is if we screw up in the fall, we can fix it in the winter. You can't make this stuff up, but that's the Mm -hmm. only reason why they could have it. Um, You know, I was doing this before we had any of these AEPs and OEPs. You could just sell advantage plans all year long. And I I think the national carriers had a little talk with their congressmen about it but uh the the oep um we 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 don't seek out that we do reach out to our clients during it just because we want to make sure they're happy with their plan and make sure everything's working right but we don't see many changes uh we just are writing new people to medicare during that period because that's our business plan is to work with people as they're new to medicare and then if they want to bring their friends over, they're very welcome, you know, in the fall or OEP, but we're not allowed to market, hey, you can make changes right now. Although if you really take a close look at it, you'll see a lot more Medicare advertisements in the winter than spring and fall, summer. Uh-huh. Now that I you mentioned that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of learning is that there is just, you, you have, if you're going to take advantage of this benefit from the government, you it's like any benefit from the government. You're going to have to turn around and be really good at understanding how to manage the system. And so that's why that if you don't want to do that, or if that's not your bag, having somebody like uh, a TCU consultant can really help get you the actual coverage you need. So, you know, um, we have a lot of very, vice presidents of major international companies and lawyers and accountants and architects for clients and people who are poor. And the thing is, is not only is it complicated, it's difficult to know the right question to ask. So we have a suitability tool that helps educate the client as well. So like the first question would be like, do you plan to move to another state in the next 12 months? Um, so it's not health driven mm-hmm. as much as lifestyle. Where do you go to the doctor? 
Now, we don't want to know if you got cancer. We want to know if you use Fairview system. Why do we want to know if you use Fairview or the Mayo? Because not all the plans work at those places. So, you know, and it's so we want to make sure that the plan is set up to function in such a way that it works for you. A lot of people assume that the group product that they had through their employer, this company of the same name, would work at where they're at now. This is not the case. And also, if you go to a company-sponsored sales event, you know, they're, they're you know, if you've, if you've got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Well, we're not a hammer looking at everybody as a nail. We are looking at everybody as unique human beings and having different needs. The, the difference in cost on drugs, we, we did analysis a few years ago. We save our clients roughly a couple hundred bucks a month often on the drug part alone, just to make sure that they're in a plan where their drugs work. And that's, it's a, it's a really fun part of the job. You know, when you're with somebody and, you know, they saved enough to pay for half a cruise, it's, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. And, and that's, that's what I'm looking for, for employees. Um, you know, we're given the pitch, we're going to hire five more sales internals this year and there'll be customer service for the fall just to make sure they get up to speed on the whole thing. But the idea is to find empathetic people who actually, that's, what's going to give them a charge. I don't want somebody who's going to get a charge because they're going to make a hundred bucks. I want somebody who's going to get a charge out of helping people afford to live a better life. And I know that I sound like I'm some sort of Mother Teresa's nephew, (laughs) but at some point, you know, we're all workers. We want to have our jobs be help, help others. Absolutely. Well, and I, I think that kind of plays in, and, and we have similar company cultures. And one of the things that we do in our sales conversations at BusyWeb is to really tease out how can we help our customers versus chasing a sale. Mm-hmm. So that consultative and helpful process cuts through so much baloney and just lets you focus on doing the right thing. Well, you yeah, know, I had, a, I, had a, I had somebody that I worked with recently, Dave, who uh, we have a wide breadth of services. And, and so mm-hmm. we ended up making a plan for them that was just a couple of things that we now didn't really do that structure with anybody else, but that's all they needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, we've been really happy with busy web. I mean, like I said earlier, our, we're doing really well on the attendance. Famous plug alert. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, going. Definitely. This is going to be our ringtone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but uh, Trigby, you've known me for quite a few years, and you know I'm kind of hardcore about spend. So you know, yeah. I I see value, I invest, and um, mm-hmm. it's it's been you know really helpful for us as an organization. And I think a lot of companies have the same thing we do, where they're not sure what the value their websites are driving. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one of the core things is is that you have to assume if you're a small business that anybody who's going to be in buying your product or your service is going to look at your website before they come out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will tell you right now that 90% of my new clients that I talk to at least say, yeah, we checked out your website, look good. Or my kids did, you know, cause a lot mm-hmm. of times now we're seeing people in their forties, thirties right. and fifties helping mom and dad. And they think they can make good decisions and often they take them off their plan. And then they call us up the next year because, oh yeah, it didn't work mm-hmm. at Fairview or it didn't work at, you know, the U of M or it didn't work at the Mayo and we needed it. Mom got mad, you know, and they didn't understand. And it's nice to know that you have somebody with an 800 number who's got a big customer service team like we do to help you with that. And I think people who think that they can master this because they mastered something else are not taking into the effect account the amount of time it takes to really be good at anything. I mean, 
-hmm. It takes a long time to get good at anything. Did you, uh, well, I, I, I appreciate that. I think one of the, th one of the fun memories I have of, of, of how you and I have gained a sort of mutual respect is when I said, Don, you thought your website was pretty great. And I said, well, there's one pretty bad thing that I think we could change immediately. And you kind of looked at me like, all right, Trump, I want to <laughs> hear it. And I said, yeah, the font's too small. And your face just sort of dropped because you're like, oh, man, it is too small. Well, and also, I was listening. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I'm, I'm very – I welcome criticism because, you know – I think I'm fairly bright, but I can learn something every day. In fact, I learned something surprising earlier this morning. And it just, if you're not open to ideas, you're, you're lost. Today is the most complicated time to do business there ever was. And people who think it's easy to do business now, I just talk slower around them because it is <laughs> crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to get back to a couple of things that, that you, you mentioned before, because I think this is uh, really illuminating. Uh, you, you mentioned, you kind of blew through it, the idea of a coverage gap in Medicare Part D. What is that? And how does that affect people? Well, so it's actually going to go away in the next couple of years because of something Biden did, uh, I want to say a year and a half ago, uh, but what's, or at least it's projected to. Uh, what's going on is when they first got uh, Medicare drug plans, uh, the insurance company would cover the first say a couple thousand, and then there'd be no coverage at all. And then once you had about $5,000, it'd be on catastrophic and the insurance company would cover 95%. And I, this is kind of an overgeneralization. And then what happened was um, um, Obama came in and he said, well, let's, let's have a plan to gradually fill it. And so the drug companies had to pay for a portion of it and then the consumer would pay more of it, but it gradually got to the point where it essentially was the same co-pay costs um, sharing as it is on the first part of your original Part D plan. Now, you still have to have the plans, the drugs covered by the formulary, which is the list of drugs each company covers. And so that mm -hmm. is not a generic thing. And that's one of the things we do is look up all the drugs. But it's gotten so that it's better and better on the coverage gap. The, the, the bigger problem is not the coverage gap anymore. The bigger coverage problem is getting the drug covered at all. So um, let's say the, the, the uh, diabetes drugs are covered better now, and that, that happened under Trump. But the, um, and I'm, I'm not a Democrat or Republican. I don't trust either of them. But <laughs> the, what's happened is you have certain meds that are very expensive, particularly if you're an asthmatic, um, you know, or have had COPD. These mm -hmm. there's medications if you have certain psychological issues going on, and no one's judging. So you know, and that's one of the nice things. You know, we work with so many drugs. It's it's you you you. This is a big part of our job is to figure this out. But one of the hardest things is people come in with a list of drugs and they misspell them. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so you're like, wait, I can't. And then you're googling the drug and antipsychotic. <laughs> but um it, it's you know the stresses of modern life i don't blame people be for being on antidepressants but antidepressants are typically cheap it's the ones where you having certain nervous disorders where you just it's it's sad how expensive they are and you want people to be medicated so that they can be comfortable and i right. think i i think as uh, the older we get the more we realize that that those three meds, uh, you know, a couple of uh, statins might keep us from our heart 
getting all our blood vein, our veins getting all clogged up. Mm-hmm. But some of those psychological things or things to block cancer from coming back, those are key. And if you're an asthmatic or have COPD, mm-hmm. those are expensive drugs and they can change your life. And so once again, that's why I really like that we look over that list and we make recommendations. And um, that's that is not easy work. Because there's more factors involved than just the drugs and the dosage. Believe it or not, there's a, several other steps to that that are key to happen. And the amount of savings or costs that can be done, and that can't be fixed necessarily during the OEP. It only if you have an advantage plan can you really make changes. Mm-hmm. One, of the, I, I, one of the things that I, I've noticed coming out of the pandemic uh, in the business world is uh, I think everybody – on an individual level is a lot more acune, acune, is that a word? Attuned. 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 There you attuned. go. We'll say attuned and then figure out in, in editing. <laughs> um, they're, they're much more self-aware of their own work-life balance, and their own mental health. And I know one of the things that uh, we, Dave and I as Gen Xers have been noticing is that we have, we work really hard and we work differently than other people. So I, my question is, you, and you sort of mentioned that and you had some funny jokes about antipsychotics, but are, is that, is mental health awareness finding its way into the, into an, uh, the older populations and are they taking advantage of that? Well, and if, and if so, can I, I have a list of that I'd like to get here to, no, I'm sorry. The, the, Skip the last part, but the first one. So, are, are people taking advantage of that? Well, first of all, I'm a boomer, and I'm the end of the boomers. And mm-hmm. um, always part of I play poker with clinical psychologists, and um, I have always been very. You know, I think people need help at times in their life. It's crazy to think that people who lose their spouse or their parent or their siblings or their kid right. don't need a professional to help them. And uh, one of the things we ask our clients to tell us how their experience was with their current carrier or how it went that year, because we want to know which carriers are problematic, by the way. This, is, this has been there for a long time and that they're not a problem as much as they used to be. So now that's not an issue. But there's, there's a couple ways they help. They'll pay for a group, but you might have a copay. They'll pay for individual section, sessions. But there's also, let's say you go, you need to be institutionalized. Um, and you have a 180 days total amount of institutional care you can receive. And there's typically some co-payments on the front end of that, but that's, you have a 180, that's a lifetime thing. It's part of how original Medicare is built. Mm-hmm. So I think I've got that exactly right. I might want to look at a book sooner or later, <laughs> but I think 180 days sounds right. Mm-hmm. The, the the, what's going on is you have um, people have nervous breakdowns. This, this, mm-hmm. it, it's it's just how it is, and we're back to people need help and care. Uh, you don't see that much of it where it's that long, but that's there's a limited amount of benefit. Just like there's limits on certain parts of Medicare, like you can only receive so much physical therapy for each event, you know. Mm-hmm. But that it's it's a there's a lot of aid for people who have psychological issues during the course of a year does that help yeah and and so the well, i think that yeah, the, the answer is yes and i think yeah. I, I agree with you too that i think um 
the, I read this great article by uh, Penn Jillette, the magician, who uh, said that, you know, Hollywood has it wrong. You know, we've all grown up with this John Wayne, Sylvester Stallone, uh, John Wick kind of attitude that if you're man enough, you should be able to knuckle through and get through anything. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's what a hero is made of is somebody who can take on an indescribable amount of pain and continue to move forward. And I, I think the, that's an unrealistic standard for anybody. You're, you're losing a kid, losing a family member that, that hits everyone differently. And so the, the, what, what, Pendulette's argument is is that Hollywood has it wrong. The, the being a man isn't knuckling under. Being a man is sitting in front of a 22 year old just out of medical school and actually getting the information and accomplishing the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, manhood in general, but womanhood too, because some women don't want to confront these things, is yeah, right. part of being a strong person. So let's talk about it in terms of personhood. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. to confront the problems and weaknesses in our lives and address them. So, you know, it doesn't matter if a person who's an alcoholic, um, once they recognize the are, should seek help. And by the way, there's most of these plants have something for that, just like they have something for stopping smoking. And the, but if you have a psychological issue, manning up is actually going to see somebody. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. Now, you might tell them on the first visit, you know, I'm not comfortable here and I'm not sure I'm going to stay more than five times. And I don't think that's a bad thing to do at all. I actually tell chiropractors, you know, I'm going to, you know, I got a blown back, but I'm not going to be here, you know, not going to put anybody through college. But setting parameters with your professionals is never a bad idea. But I'm just saying going in and seeing somebody and talking about, what it is, they'll give you tools. So like if you've ever been to marriage counseling, you know, what they do is they teach you how to talk to each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think th- there's similar tools for how do you deal with yourself when you have problems? And I just think it's in our culture, it's a bad idea. The seniors, I believe, personally, I don't even believe in the concept of seniors. I think people 65 to 80 are just this other group who are doing the stuff that we all wish we were doing the whole way. And then we right. can talk about right. that another time. And <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I'll have you laughing the whole time, but the I think people my age and I'm 64 recognize that I don't have the time to just deal with me being mopey. If I'm not dealing with my problems, mm-hmm. I got to find somebody who's going to help me see the other side. And mm-hmm. I think that's what Americans are about. Americans are kind of hardcore, get the job done, and once they realize there's no stain on your reputation to say, I need to see a psychologist. I think the stain on your reputation is, is he doesn't have any friends anymore because you nobody wants to be around, you know, Mm -hmm. does this resonate? Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a a, a weird, uh, cause I I wanted to talk about Medicare and talk about you, uh, the, uh, TCU, but it's, it's, it's great conversation. I, uh, I'm realizing as I'm, you know, we're, we're on a video screen looking at each other and I realized that I have a unique opportunity with the, the, the time we have left. And because having the two of you together is sort of a rarity because um, you, you both work with your wife and are uh, running very successful businesses. So 
Uh, I think one of the secrets of my marriage is uh, I at starting at about seven in the morning, we stay the hell away from each other for a good portion of the day. <laughs> yep. So h- how do you guys do it? And maybe compare notes between the two of you. Well, uh, Tom, you want to go first? Sure. We have different responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, we really focus on me being strategic and, um, long-range thinking and um, kind of mentoring our senior leaders who were, were developing our managers to be able to operate the company. And so I'm more on that. My wife's our vice president, but she's far more on the financial and making sure the bills get paid with our financial analyst. And I think having separate responsibilities is key. It's nice to be able to mm-hmm. talk shop, though, at the end of the day. But, you know, we're only in like two meetings a week together, even though our offices are next to each other. It's it, That's yeah. one thing. and. The nice thing about technology, just make a plug for technology in general, is my wife's in Florida this week. And so it's easy to have a conversation where she gets pulled into a meeting. And I think that's something we should all, you know, embrace is that you don't have to be with each other the whole day. Well, what, what, what would you give us credit, Dave? Yeah, I think for, for us, it's probably similar in that we have very defined roles and responsibilities in the business. And so I, I was smart enough. When, uh, when choosing spouses or she was smart enough when she chose me that we are very different in temperament and talents, but very complementary in the, the kind of people that we like hanging out with and, and how we interact with each other. So um, she's very detail-oriented and very process-driven. I'm very kind of creative and sort of um, the people person, you know, the worst thing you can do for my wife is tell her that she has to go to a networking meeting. And that's kind of one of the best things that I like to do is go out and hang out. So um, that was step one. But step two, right after we decided that we were going to work together, um, we looked at each other and we were in our house and it was a home-based business at the time. We, um, again, Jen, very brilliant, um, wonderful person. She said, if we don't get an office so that we have some separation here, we are going to murder each other. So we got an office. And like you said, Tom, I am uh, joined by a wall and I'm, I'm six feet away from my wife, pretty much 90% of my life. But um, we are only in one or two meetings a, a day together because we always have touch bases. But, you know, big client meetings, very rarely because we just don't overlap that much. So letting each other be awesome at what we do and trusting each other completely inside of the ownership that we have in whatever roles has been pretty important for me. Yeah, I, I think you're, that's, that's the key. I, I, I think knowing the both of you the way that I do, I think the other, the, the uh, other advantage that I think that both of you do is the, neither one of you make the fact that you're, she is your wife as a prevalent thing in day to day, she right. is. She works here. Mm-hmm. She has independent value. She is. You re, you respect her as a person, not because she. You know, I'm the boss and she's my wife. And so, as a result of that, I think both of you have the added advantage of having people who are really integral to your business because they they're treated like treated like people, and not like the, the old day old days where you know, the wife was in the back that not, nope, not here, not for you. So if my wife retires, so the woman we're mentoring up to take that role is it's on, she's, my wife's an expensive um, 
employee. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. she's the vice president of ops, and mm-hmm. you know, it, she's got it because her background fits us so perfectly. And every once in a while, someone say something, I'm like, "Are you out of your mind?" I mean, yeah. she's she knows everything about how the back office works. Mm-hmm. Even when she's in Florida, I mean, she still can pick out stuff that's just mind-boggling to me. So, yeah, the bringing independent value really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're just helping you. I can see where friction would happen because sooner or later they're going to get an opinion and you're going to have an opinion. And but if you're right. if you're part two partners where you're you're trying to work together for a, a bigger goal, that that's I think a very big part of it is being true partners. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it, it, especially as then you overlap a marriage on top of that. I've I've seen both of your wives explain to both of you independently that you're Looney Tunes. And, <laughs> both of you respect them as that individual person enough to separate that, Hey, uh, this is a person whose opinion I value. I need to listen to that. And I think that's what makes good leaders. And I think what's as interesting as both, both of you is that um, you, you, you listen and that's not something that a lot of leaders do. They, they want to be the boss. They want to have control over everything. And I think Tom, you mentioned, yeah, you're a smart guy, but you don't know everything, and they, mm-hmm. you, you spend more time listening than you do talking. I try. I mean, yeah. I just was talking to my sales manager this morning about how someone like me is designed to polarize conversations to make a decision, and that sometimes you need to have the conversation and not the decision. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult for a leader to go from to, well, let's think about this a little bit more mm-hmm. so we have a better decision. And it's hard to acknowledge that you don't, you know, that you're used to being able to make the decision with the data that you gather that other people who weigh the data differently, which is really an important thing. So they can take right. the same information and weigh it differently and come to a different conclusion. And as a leader, that is what I'm trying to welcome my managers to do is to contradict me and to make me have that conversation because the bigger your entity, the more careful your choices have to be, especially in this time of, I can't overstate how, I'm sure you guys feel the same way, how crazy it is to do business. And mm-hmm. we have to make wise decisions, um, smart decisions, affirming decisions. Right. I mean... You know, I love all my employees. I've got the best team right now I've ever had. In many ways, I feel that way. And, you you know, we want them to have these good lives. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, when I started working in 82, nobody cared about how I lived. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just come up, show up on time sober, Tom. That's really all we want. And then perform crazy well. But they Mm -hmm. didn't care about me. Now, we're all, we care about everybody. We want to have good lives. What a difference the world has made. But when things get complicated in the business part, it makes it more complicated to be a good, caring leader. Right. Right. It's huge. Well, I, I think the, the conversation that we have internally at BusyWeb, too, is, you know, we, we need to value the input of everybody in the team. And I read an article um, this week where they were talking to Tim Cook, who is the CEO of Apple, mm-hmm. and uh, he referenced something that I believe Steve Jobs said, so that you, you need to have strong opinions loosely held. So yeah. Yeah. Know, we lead, but we need to be open to input and change with the times. Well, so I was raised Baptist, but not 
crazy Baptist is what I like to say, but <laughs> you know, and I remember when I was in college, I met a girl who said something to the effect of, I don't smoke, drink or chew, and I don't go out with boys who do. And that's a form of prejudice. I mean, you know, when I was in college, uh, I developed a close friendship with a guy who was going to be a priest and decided he liked women and he, he married a nun. Well, but he was intellectually pure and it was great, but he chained, you know, he chain smoked. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if he can still afford to, um, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and I learned so much from him. And when we'd go out, there was always alcohol and I didn't drink. I don't drink now practically at all. And I didn't drink at all back then, but I learned so much from him by not being prejudiced against somebody who did something that I didn't do. And today, the problem we have is this whole idea that if you think one thing, then everything else you think is wrong. And right. this idea of the loosely held, have opinions, but loosely held, mm -hmm. I would say have opinions, but listen, because somebody else might have a perspective that really blows your mind. Right. Right. Um, just even something as simple as a website. You had looked at that forever. And then yeah. when I came in and said, yeah, the font's too small for an elder population. It blew your, I could see it blew your mind. Yeah. It, well, <laughs> it, not just that. It's just the, the spend. You know, you got to spend X to get, get it. That's what it is. It's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. And that talking slow and using small words, sometimes that's what it takes for someone like me to make a decision because it's not resonating for a while. I mean, what mm -hmm. helped us with you guys is Sarah was a fan out the gate, my marketing manager mm -hmm. but you know she would talk to me about the, the necessity of being in front of the problem and right. i think as a business owner we have to be in front of so many problems whether it's marketing or hiring or retaining people or capitalization we have to be in front of these problems and that is that is the the big that's deal the, it's all part the, of dialing it in right that's the winning strategy is how can you stay in front of the problem so you're attacking them and not vice versa. Right, right. You don't want to chase the money. You want to have right. the money and chase the dream. Chase yeah. the dreams, not the money. Mm -hmm. Tom, if uh, people are looking for help with their Medicare, uh, either enrollment or their Medicare on the whole, where can they find Twin City Underwriters? So our primary office is in Roseville at Hamlin and 36, Twin City Underwriters, 651-488-0172 or 800-507-6778. Um, we're here. We've been doing this. I mean, we've been at this office for 13 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're not going, we're going to probably move our main office sooner than later, but we're not going anywhere as far as being in this business. This is, mm -hmm. uh, we're 95% by revenue Medicare. And, and that's, you know, when you talk to the carriers, they just can't believe somebody would focus on it. But the problem is, is there's so many carriers. An agent who doesn't focus on it doesn't really master it. You've got to do all the carriers because every company has its advantages. And so that's why we rep them all. Well, I'll take the last word and say the most important thing that if somebody's looking for help with their Medicare, uh, the best way to thing to do is go to www.tcunderwriters.com. <laughs> <laughs>